0: Hey everybody, this is Josh. Thanks for tuning in to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. A bit of a different episode for us this week as we reach back into the recent Mayfair vaults and pull out an episode that we recorded with our friend Greg Sestero. You know Greg from starring in The Room, from writing, producing, and starring in Best Friends Volume 1 and 2, and from the excellent behind-the-scenes book The Disaster Artist, which inspired the Oscar-nominated film. But before we got underway with that, I thought I would just quickly mention the films that we are screening from March 29th through April 4th, 2019, just in case anyone is listening in a timely manner. So this week we have Oscar winner for Best Actress, The Favourite, Green Book returns for a second week, three-time Oscar winner for Best Picture, Supporting Actor, and Original Screenplay. Sink or Swim also returns for a second week, Caesar Awards winner for Best Supporting Actor. We have the Ottawa premiere of Level 16, Which i'm excited to see because my friend jen was the costume designer on it so a double reason to see that one to both support a indie canadian cinema and an indie canadian movie greta the latest from neil jordan the oscar-winning director and screenwriter of the crying game and our monthly presentation of saturday night cinema our late late show secret screening that's members only and free for members that's our screenings for this week we'll get underway with our chat with greg momentarily right after this short commercial for the Cannonball Run.
1: Reckless driving, disorderly conduct, oh, give me somebody. and destruction of public property. These are the tricks of the trade in the Cannonball Run. Starring Burt Reynolds, Roger Moore, Vera Fawcett, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. You'll root for them all, but you'll never guess who wins. The Cannonball Run. Rated PG. Friday at a selected
0: theater near you. Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast, I'm Eric. And this is Josh, and we're joined by not one, but two special guests. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> one of whom who's even more rare than the other, yeah, almost. I was going to say, choose your words carefully here. So, our friend Greg Sestero, and our Mayfair partner, Lee, who hasn't been here in... I blame the hospital. Yes. Yeah, Can you
1: hear me over here?
0: Yeah, just, everyone scooch in a <laughs> so little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, big too casual. <laughs> it's a Hello. family affair. I prefer Mr. Lee. Thank Mr. You. Lee. <laughs> and Greg funny. is here for Best Friends Volume 1, Volume 2, The Room, everything, A Weekend of Greg. Yeah, inside the room of Greg. uh,
2: 15-year anniversary, 16-year anniversary coming up. It's crazy. Of the room. Of the room, yeah. And it's going to be our
0: 10th year of screening it monthly
2: in four or five months. Oh, my God. Five months. Which is nuts. I remember being here eight years ago. I was first getting the idea to do the book and kind of putting that together. (laughs) And I remember just the whole weekend of fans and it was just such a cool experience and I thought okay that was a great weekend what a cool thing and then here we are eight years later you know talking about all these new films and people still just coming discovering the room and yeah I mean it's just it's insane. I was telling Lee the other day that I remember two things distinctly
0: I remember him sitting in this chair pointing at our laptop in the office and going have you seen this trailer for the room so this would have been you know pushing 10 years ago watching the trailer and being confused what is this thing and then when we got it i missed seeing it the first three or four months and i remember saying to my friends we should go see this because this might be the last month we have it <laughs> and then cut to now and as we speak it's month 115 yeah and that's it's good that's a good story yeah <laughs> he's been saving
1: it for years that's why people should listen to this podcast there's lots of good stories so many right? good stories it's good ad for
0: the podcast on the podcast <laughs> excellent work so Greg, you just came from the UK. Yes. Were you just doing as you do here, you're showing there were some
2: Yeah, the so Lionsgate released Best Friends of Volume 1 and Volume 2 on digital and Blu-ray last month. So we've been showing the films around the world now. Is it any
0: different with a UK crowd versus Canada the States?
2: Um, you know what, surprisingly watching the movies they get laughs in similar places, which is a lot like The Room, I feel like the The humor works. Obviously, this has a particular audience, you know, smart, quirky audience, and they get get the weirdness. So it's been consistent pretty much around the world. And you got to go to Wayne Manor? Yeah, I did check in. (laughs) (laughs) I knew we'd get to that eventually. (laughs) I had to check in with Bruce, so I had to track him down. Now, talk about an interesting day. I mean, I love going to places where movies were filmed. I I live in South Pasadena where Back to the Future was filmed, the original Halloween was filmed, Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Mad men. I mean, this place is they shoot where they shoot all the movies. And so I go for walks, and I'll walk by Doc Brown's house, and I walk by the Halloween house You know, in one walk. So when I was in uh, the U.K., I make a list of places I want to visit around the world each year. I'm like, okay, this is the year I'm going to do this, this, and this. And Wayne Manor has been on there for like five years, and I've never gotten there. I was like, okay, this time it's happening. So... <laughs> I went to uh, Nottingham, and we've tracked down Wayne Manor and went there. Absolutely incredible space. But even better, we went to the other Wayne Manor that was used in Batman Begins. Oh, okay. Which is is called Mammoth Towers or something, and that was even better. I mean, this place was tucked away in the countryside... It was it was incredible. So we spent the day tracking down Wayne Manor's. Two Wayne Manners. I was like, you, you really went to the '60s one. <laughs> I, I thought you went to the '60s Batman one, and then he was like, I don't think
3: he went to the '60s Batman Wayne Manor. I'm yeah, like, we did the
2: Chris Nolan tour. That's amazing. Yeah, every time then he i went mean, to Dunkirk. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious stuff.
0: Every time I'm in New York, I go look at the Ghostbusters firehouse. And it never gets old. Like, it always, for a second, I'm like, it's the Ghostbusters. I mean, Ghostbusters. I'm a Ghostbusters. I'm a Ghostbuster. Yeah, it
2: never gets old. I'll walk by Doc's house, and I'll always just kind of think, maybe he'll answer the door if I knock, and he never usually does. (laughs) I've also, I'm trying to think, there's also a... Every
1: time I go to Montreal, I go to the massage parlor that was in Ilsa. (laughs) (laughs) Cut tigers in the sun area. I'm glad that sentence (laughs)
3: kept going there. I was like, this isn't movie related. Sorry. I
2: went to the uh, Karate Kid house as well in the valley. Where you can oh, meet yeah. up with the fence and Oh really? Yeah. They rebuilt the, is that where they filmed they the just, new one? They just recently In the same location. Yeah. But I used to go there when they had the pool and it was it was the apartment. So that's wow. that's one of my one of my things.
0: I heard the Halloween house owners don't have a good sense of humor about being the Halloween house owners.
2: Well they they moved it now. The city moved it to just this they literally moved the house oh, to man? a new spot and it's just now sitting there. So oh, nobody wow. lives in it any, anymore. Because I had heard a few either.
0: years back that, you know, dummies, not be like, going and knocking on the door, yeah. or taking photos in the front lawn. <laughs> Is Michael here? Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, he's on the front porch yelling, you nerds, get off the <laughs> lawn. Yeah. Man, can't get off the really
1: lawn. <laughs> it's amazing.
3: See, now I want to go there, too. Like, jeez, I've, I've always wanted to go to that house. Like, that was one of my, and now I've heard that they've just completely ripped it out of its moorings and yeah. it's in a different <laughs>
0: place, but I guess that's better now, in a way. And so I just recently listened to, because I had seen Macaulay Culkin on a talk show a a while ago, maybe Colbert or something, and just mentioning his podcast. And I knew you had been on it, so I tracked down that to listen to it. So for you as a giant fan of Home Alone, did you, could you get through that okay? Were you starstruck
2: at all? Yeah, it was, it wasn't easy. I mean, when you've waited for that moment since you were 12 years old and Mm. it's happening, you don't really know how to process it, but... I think for me it was it was also really cool that he knew about the disaster artist in the book when it was happening, and so he was also aware of the journey that I was taking. And I thought that's that was pretty pretty amazing, and just getting to talk movies and you know make jokes. I only made one Home Alone joke because he's like, I actually am heading to New York right now in like one hour, and I'm like don't get lost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of rolled his eyes and said good one uh, but yeah no it, it's it was really cool and it's cool to see him kind of doing his own thing now and uh, embracing whatever it is because yeah, obviously he had made those films early on I mean he peaked you know he, was, he made so many movies in a short period of time I, I even admitted that I Went to go see Getting Even with Dad. Oh, man. And he's like, You might have been the only person that yeah. saw that. Yeah. And then Baby's Day Out I went and saw. Oh god. So it's I was the same really cool, it? I was committed to the Hughes, John oh, Hughes man. franchise. John Hughes, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was it was really cool. He yeah.
0: seemed to like get to a certain age young of Hollywood's a horrible place, I don't want to do this anymore and got out with out losing his fortune mm-hmm. and seemingly kind of time flies by, but the past whatever, 15-plus years, he seems to have been living this just kind of France artistic lifestyle of kind of doing his art, doing weird stuff with a band, showing up in his friends' movies and little cameos, and just kind of do whatever he wants. And then every once in a while we'll do a commercial for Google and probably get a nice big paycheck and go back to doing the weird stuff again. But so many other kid stars, you know, did not get through okay with that, but... (laughs)
1: Linda Blair. Well, Linda yeah. Blair had a hard time. Yeah. yeah. Not
0: so good. Well, even, like, Culkin's
3: parents took a bunch of money at one point. Did they not? There was, so. like, some, like, controversy about that. I money. don't think it was pretty, yeah. Not so much, yeah.
1: Jake Lloyd. Oh, oh man. poor Jake Ooh. Lloyd. We were uh, talking about him the other
2: day. What a performance. And,
1: oh, strong. It's it's unbelievable. A strong performance. <laughs> yeah. you, you imagine put that it all on
2: the line. Right? That really poor did. kid
0: on, like, day one of shooting Phantom Menace was like, here
1: we go. <laughs> Everything's coming up <laughs> roses yeah. now. Everything changes. Like, You probably thought that on, on uh, what was the film, Jingle All the Way? Oh, Jingle All the Way. (laughs) He's in Jingle All the Way, Schwarzenegger's son.
0: Jingle All the Way, which is one of those movies where, depending on how old you are, can be, like, my wife Gwen, who's a little bit younger than I am, loves Jingle All the Way. Mm -hmm. But it's because if she saw it when she was a kid, I was already into the, you know, teens or whatever. And it's like that with so many movies. Like, there's always a movie that you're like, I'll see you as a grown up and be like, I get why you like this, but it's not good. Yeah.
1: Did they did they t- cut out the midget tossing scene? I watched it recently and I remember midget tossing. <laughs> I don't I know. Santa it, was throwing. Her where's midget Gwen when we need her? Oh, <laughs> she would know about. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. it wasn't in the. T- I think they cut it out of the TV version. It's a
3: deleted scene now. <laughs> is, that remember-
0: your, is that your favorite Christmas movie? No, my favorite Christmas movie is probably for modern stuff. Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay. And I love, but I love Christmas Carol. So all the old Scrooge movies, all that oh, kind of love, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I could watch that story over and over again, whether it's Muppets or Scrooged or like an old black and white film. I love that. So that's kind of my favorite Christmas stuff. What's your
1: favorite Christmas movie? Sallow, 120 Days of Sodom. You said it for every holiday. Though. I watched that one Christmas morning. Do you know this film? No. Oh God, it's maybe better not knowing. But Fast still. Bender. Fast Bender made really? this film that's banned in banned in Ontario. Might be banned in Canada. It's banned all over the world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a disgusting film. And my friend and I, Mark Chiron, we used to have challenges: what kind of disgusting movies you could watch on Christmas morning. I found it, I watched this up one morning, and I and I, and I and I I don't think I should ever watch it again. We used to show it at the National Archives of Canada, and one time we shot when I worked there someone had a heart attack during the screening good wow. Lord. and like, we
3: kept the movie going there. ambulance took the theater you can't buy press like that that's incredible
1: I know I know I know no I, I like female trouble even though it's not all the way a Christmas yeah. movie it's yeah. got a Christmas scene that there's, where Divine wants her cha-cha shoes for Christmas and then she tears down the Christmas tree um yeah I like Die Hard um, yeah yeah yeah, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I would say Home Alone. Has to be, yeah. It has yeah. To be Home
2: Alone and and probably on the flip side it's A Wonderful Life. Nice. Yeah. But I I don't know, there I feel like Home Alone as enjoyable as it is, it's it's still kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Like when you see Old Man Marley. Oh yeah. It's it's it always kind of just <laughs> hits you and it, I don't know, it, it, that's why I haven't watched it in years since John Hughes re- rejected my Home Alone 3 script. <laughs> Cuz <'cause laughs> I felt like if I watched it I would feel sad that it was an apartment. So I've been watching it in a while but I always just remember I love the sound, obviously the score. John Williams. And um it's just uh, you know, How made, did John
0: Williams do that movie? It's it was like, it's different.
2: It's a different fit for him, but he yeah. just, just yeah, I mean it really for me it made Does he does he live in your neighborhood? Doesn't he live in Pasadena? Williams? Yeah. He might. He might. You might. You got to see his house next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I know where they filmed uh, Lost World. John Hammond's place that they go in Lost World is right like Five, wow. five blocks away from it. Wow, I walk about all the time. I love Lost World. I'm <laughs> the only one who likes Last World more than Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Still. Um, what about, okay, so an actor I've been studying recently is Burt Reynolds. Yes. Who obviously recently passed away. What's your favorite Burt Reynolds film?
0: For for the overall movie, like taking out Kitsch Factor and everything, I guess I would have to say Boogie Nights. I really like Boogie Nights. And even him in it, like I think is amazing. And I'm, I'm just like this much too young to have been hit with Smokey and the Bandit And Cannonball Run And stuff like that So by the time I My first memory of him Might have been the TV show Evening Shade Evening Shade Do you know the story uh, About okay. how I got to... I think so, so Tell it
1: <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds The producers hated Burt Reynolds in Evening Shade And I think you need 100 episodes To be syndication and if your show gets into syndication, that's a dream for an actor. Because for the rest of your life, you get paid for every rerun like you were on the, on set that day. You get paid the same amount you, you got paid when you made the movie. So as long as Evening Shades on TV, Burt Reynolds gets paid like, he, like you know. So they cancel the show on the 99th episode. So hey. wouldn't go into syndication, and they, so they'd F over Burt Reynolds. Man, that's dedication to screwing I, someone I, over. I
0: really like the question. Yeah, do What's you even have an answer? answer that? What's your yes. first like? What is Lee's first Burt Reynolds memory? Because you're a super fan.
1: Yeah. Well, I moved to Ottawa in 1977. Yeah. And I, and when I lived, I lived in Sudbury, Ontario. There was no movie theaters, and so movies weren't a big part of my life for the first five years of my life. But when I came to Ottawa, uh, the biggest films in 1977 that year were Star Wars and, and Smoking the Bandit. So, Smoking the Bandit was something I, I remember when I was young, and I remember being excited for the sequel. I never liked the sequel of Smoking the Bandit, but I love that first one. I like part Three more than one, but my favorite Burt Reynolds movie is Seamus. Have you seen Seamus? No, I haven't. Because that's the one he does most of his own stunts. He plays like this uh, detective, this broken down detective, and he's you know drunk and he can barely gets through his day, and he has to solve a crime. It's kind of very much like uh, Robert Altman's a Long Goodbye. You know, uh, who's the actor? LA Gould's character in that. He Kind of, is it Raymond Chandler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the same kind of character. Anyway, Seamus, he does this incredible stunt in the movie. He's, run, he's, he's running out of this big mansion, and he's on this wall, and he jumps to a tree. And, he, and it's really Burt Reynolds who did it and he grabs the branch and the branch snaps it's in the movie and he like falls three stories and lands on his head it's just like Jackie Jesus. Chan's stunt in, in, in Project A yeah. and it's an incredible stunt it's like you wince watching you rewind it you watch it again there's all this great like running in the movie and he's like he's like Jackie Chan in that movie and he's he's just charismatic when, when Burt Reynolds is in bed with a woman I want to get in bed with Burt Reynolds <laughs> <laughs> he looks so much fun it's, he's in bed with this girl at the beginning of the movie and he's got a shitty apartment and he, and he sleeps on a, with a man on a pool table and the girl's in bed complaining about how cold it is (laughs) I don't know I love love, but I love Burt Reynolds uh, even the shitty movies on here yeah oh I
0: should say that I really love Best Little Whorehouse in Texas as well like the music everything and Texas has a whorehouse in it (laughs) and it's 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 a weird movie because like a lot of movies at the time it's a pseudo family movie you know, it's, it, or, or Greece, you know, where it's like, oh, it's a family film, and you listen to the songs, and you're like, this isn't
3: a family film at all. I
1: remember seeing Best of Horror House when it came out with my parents, and I asked my dad what a horror house was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God.
3: That's horrible. That's like when I, da- I asked my dad what a period was, and I'll never forget <laughs> that answer.
1: I explained that to the kids after we watched Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good, good learning I, experience. I love White Lightning, and he directed the sequel to White Lightning, Gator. I love Hooper so much. I like the films he didn't make. He was supposed to play Jack Nicholson's role in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. That was his, the, his list
0: of movies he didn't make is mm-hmm. maybe the most impressive sad list <laughs> in Hollywood history. Yeah, because it's it's Star Wars. It's just
1: what Star Wars. He was supposed to be Han Solo. He tried out for Han Solo. I mean, that seems. But silly. then there's some <laughs> that he like refused. James Bond. Yeah,
0: and, and it, it makes this crazy alternate universe where you imagine. Burt Reynolds, Han Solo, yeah. Burt Reynolds, James Bond.
1: But I, I gotta say, I also love Burt Reynolds not for just the movies. I loved him on Johnny Carson. I remember being young and he was always the best guest. And I watched him on YouTube still. He watched all those when he used to host. And he was just on how much Johnny Carson liked Burt Reynolds. And I thought that was all really fun stuff. And then I got sad he married Lonnie Anderson. And when they brought WKRP back, he directed every episode. I didn't but know that really, nice. And I remember watching those When it came out And they're terrible yeah, It mean, <laughs> was so ch- unfunny But Yeah then we know What happened there <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah It was happily ever after right? Yeah Well they still They became friends again Oh that's good They shouldn't have But they became <laughs> yes. friends Yeah it was, it was an ugly story What's your least favorite Britt Rounds movie then That's a good Because I feel like it- Maybe, I mean I remember When Stroker Ace came out Yeah I remember people saying uh, it was terrible, and I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. It's like, there's no way the new Burt Reynolds movie can be terrible. And it was, I maybe you know what? Maybe Smoking the Bandit too, just because I want that. I wish that movie was great. Yeah, I wish it was as fun as the first one. It's just not. Yeah, it's a pretty hard act. But to they fall still made a, it.
0: It must have made money, right? Because how many? There's yeah, three. Yeah, there's three.
1: Well, the part three is an interesting movie because Burt Reynolds didn't want to be in it. So the original idea for Smoking the Bandit three, it was called Smokey is the Bandit, and Jackie Gleason played the. Smokey and the Bandit, he played two different what? roles and they filmed this whole movie that never got released oh my where God. Jackie Gleason was in the in the Trans Am and the cop chasing himself and the studio hated it so they reached, <laughs> why don't you get Jerry Reed in the car? So they reshot it as Smokey and the Bandit 3 and Burt Reynolds agreed to be a cameo, he does a cameo at the end. I remember being so excited <laughs> he's, he's in the hammock at the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> Yikes I yeah. See, Now I want to see
3: that version though I That know, sounds ridiculous Now that he's
1: no. no, who's de Netta Burrunnel's dead might someone <laughs> see it. Um, you know, I, mean, I would love to see that come out. Like but are they gonna release a Smokey the Bandit 3 Blu ray? <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of demand <laughs> for that, I guess. But I who would knows. To see that too. God.
0: <laughs> Smokey is the bandit. Everything gets a Blu ray. I wouldn't be surprised at anything nowadays. That's a good
1: title for a movie too. And I think who's remaking the Cannonball Runs being remade right now? That's what? By the big director. Cannibal Ronnie It's directed by someone. It's a big, big. Who's doing it? I forget.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a big, it's, it's the director of. Oh damn, I don't want to say like a or something like that. It's a big. It's a big director who just did something with Cars. <laughs> um, so no, but it sound, It sounds like James really Wan. No, not, just not. throwing <laughs> in titles he did We're Fast not. and Furious I'm like you're not yeah. giving us much to go on here no no not that guy a capable filmmaker yeah, oh here we go <laughs> yeah. yeah did you
2: know that Burr Reynolds made a movie called Best Friends yes yes I Man. just watched
1: that again when he died TCM had all his, like, put a lot of movies on was it down. any good Best Friends uh no not <laughs> <laughs> the second best I, Best Friends we've a, seen it's not <laughs> just too melodramatic you know the whole movie is him and Goldie Hawn fighting is that a movie where they sell teeth or whatever Wait a <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's oh, It like yeah. sounds familiar here. I can't figure it out. I yeah. Well, we can we can stay up late tonight and watch it You want to have a sleepover? that's <laughs> Best Friends Part Three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, <laughs> writes itself. Best friends. Lee is the bandit. And yeah, there's a few movies where it's just Burt Reynolds arguing with women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it a movie
3: though, or is that just they were filming? Yeah.
1: Like, I, what's a Hustle? I like Hustle. I like all the movies where he doesn't have a mustache, like uh, The Longest Yard. He's trying harder, I think, to be an actor when he shaves his mustache.
3: Yeah he was like Samson he didn't have the same power without it <laughs> <laughs> mm.
1: The long, see, is amazing and I wanted to show my son before we met Bill Reynolds but there's no Blu-ray release of that movie but because he died the good thing about when he died it was on TCM and in HD, so I PBR'd it yeah.
2: um, I'd probably say Boogie Nights is my Boogie's favorite or yeah. one of the films that I felt was Really impacted me when I saw it was Deliverance. Yes. Just uh, so bizarre no for that time. And uh, at one point, Tommy and I were in a hotel room and we, Deliverance was on. I was like, oh, I want to see what he thinks of this. So the scene came on where the thing <laughs> happened. Yeah. The thing. <laughs> yeah. The and. Uh, when they and, go canoeing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like- and so I was like, I want to see what he thinks of this. And so Ned Beatty's like, that. that's all happening. And I and I'm and I'm going like oh no poor guy they're beating him up, isn't that crazy Tommy? Look at they're hurting and they're beating him. He's like, Greg, they screw him. What are you talking? About? Don't say stupid, Greg. They screw him. I was like, no, look, they're hurting him. And it was uh, that so that. May deliverance probably my favorite. Oh, oh I'm it's right. gonna think of that every Say time so. I see deliverance now. But anyway. <laughs> no, they no. were hurting him, but still. I really like that, but
1: there's a scene in Hooper where he get he they go to a bar and they get into a big bar fight with all these football players, and then he invites them all back to his house and they get drunk and everyone's passed out on his living room floor. But Burt Reynolds is like got his feet up, he's smoking and he's got a sixteen millimeter projector on, and he's watching outtakes from deliverance. All the oh, stunts weird. and stuff it's like it's, a, it's so meta yes it is. <laughs> yeah delivers no mustache Bert. So he tries harder yeah, unbelievable so let's talk about Bert Reynolds so Burt <laughs> Reynolds we did that we did that uh, my
3: favorite Christmas it. movie is Black Christmas by the way I know everyone's wondering but KD oh we are, I was, yeah, yeah sorry
1: yeah I'm wondering here we go it's too late I just uh, you know from 30 minutes ago it's too late we got distracted with all that Burt Reynolds I know. There's a oh, lot. No, don't get him started again that is not distraction Burt Reynolds is not distraction never <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's talk about Best Friends Volume 2. So I saw it last night, and the thing I found most interesting about it is, if this makes sense, to me it seemed more like a sequel than a Volume 2. Like, it didn't seem to me like a a long movie chopped in half. Like, say, when they do that to, like, a Harry Potter or something like that. Maybe it was because of the location, and because of that, the cinematography kind of looked different, like city versus country, because there was a new character put into it. But... It was all filmed as... Like, at what point did you say, oh, we have to make two volumes out of this?
2: Uh, We were going to do a a test screening, advanced screening in London, and we just got to the point where we didn't have the time to really craft it, do it all. So I figured, let's just get to the point where that moment happens with Tommy, and and let's just see what what they think. And, And so we did that, and it played really well, and then it gave us a lot more time to really figure out what Two was trying to say and how that can be a film. And it just... I think there was just too much there to cut it into one film because i feel like volume one is very much a reunion movie between tommy and i there's insane moments that happen and we kind of let them go and let it let it you know let tommy sing and, and all these things so i felt like it it gave us a chance to really make part two uh its own film and, and for me part two was going in a different direction that i was really interested in so it's one of those things, and normally you... you, For me, it's like I try to make a movie 93, 95 minutes max, but this was a different opportunity.
0: Was there, like, a day on set during what is now considered Volume 1 where you or and the director, whoever, was like, we have a lot of stuff. We might have too much stuff here.
2: Um. No, I mean, I think we just shot the story and, and just went through it, and, I, and I'm glad we did because we took a break and thought, okay, the Volume 1 is done... Then I think to gear up again and try to go reshoot something. Not everybody's on board, so we just we powered through and then got to the end and then edited and figured out what we had. So um, yeah, it was it was a lot of work. It um, I thought it was it was great. It was a great experience. At the end of
0: Volume One, it says Volume Two's coming, right? Or it says like yeah. Yeah. Was there any ever a thought of just kind of not having that Part Two's coming at the end? Or by the time you were rolling with that, you knew you were
2: yeah we do obviously we had the second part of the story already done Yeah, so uh, we always left it that way with a little teaser yeah kind of like Back to the Future 2 yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) was there anybody who was like okay now you gotta do a trilogy out of this
2: um yeah I mean it's you know they they brought it up but I, I haven't really thought of the story I mean for me it ends there but you know we'll see what happens obviously It's interesting
0: because I don't know if you remember, we talked about this ages ago, just as a casual nerd conversation. But we were talking about movies that are duologies on purpose, because often when there's, say, a Wayne's World 2 and not a Wayne's World 3, it's because Wayne's World 2 didn't make enough money. And they said, oh, that's enough. And there's not like trilogy is such a thing that there's very few movies that are like, yep, part one, part two. Like, I think the upcoming It is going to be that. Like a part one and a part two.
1: Or Kill Bill. The Fugitive and U.S. Marshals.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Both classics. Uh, Well, anyway. I guess Bill and Ted. Yeah. Did we say that?
3: Although they're getting a third one. They're trying to do a third. Supposedly it's... I don't know. (laughs) They have a Twitter feed. It must be happening.
1: (laughs) You can't just start a Twitter feed. Huh. That's, that's interesting to think of yeah. what's the best one in two. Yeah. But it does game. like
3: it does leave itself open to a further story potentially, like the end with no spoilers or anything, but like the end of two, you know, there's still a potential there for continuing that story
1: theoretically. The Godfather. Oh no way. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, no, I haven't really thought of it. I've been I've been working on a, a horror film idea, but I mean, yeah, never you know, never say never but
0: So how long do you have um an end game Right now, for your, your tour, or is that kind of ongoing? Yeah,
2: it's. Uh, I think it's through April, April or, or May, and then, um, yeah, I get to work on the, on the next film.
0: And at that point, do you take a script writing break, or...?
3: I've been
2: just kind of piecing together a story for quite a while now, and I've started writing, and I've just been working on it, so, you know, hope, hoping to get everything done by, like, June.
3: And so.
0: maybe I year or two from now, we'll have you back with that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely screening
3: that. I'm excited. Once I heard that you were doing a horror movie, I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely on board for this. I'm pretty excited. I know very little about it, but you seem to be a bit of a horror fan. We were talking to him the other day about, like, Hereditary and stuff like that. So Yeah,
2: I feel like it's the genre that's delivered the, the most recently. And, um, yeah, I just got this crazy story that I'm working on. I think Volume 2 kind of goes in, in that kind of direction. And so I think, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What were you saying
0: your actor in... Volume Two. Uh, I was waiting for this. Um, <laughs> beat Nicholas Cage at a uh, festival for a. Yeah, he. Uh, That's
2: okay. Oh man. He, uh, <laughs> beat
1: beat for Mandy. Yeah, man. he beat
2: out Nicholas Cage for Mandy and Tom Hardy for Venom. Yeah, he. Right. Um, his name is Rick Edwards. He hasn't. He was on. A, he was a soap star in the '80s, and I grew up watching him. And then I got to work with him in Japan in 2004, modeling for these weird catalogs, and we became friends. And he's just. This, Really hilarious, larger than life character, and I wrote this part for him based on him. And like, I didn't even know where he was at in the world. And I thought, this guy that I knew would make a great character. So I wrote him on the page, and and uh, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if, to find him and have him play this part? It's kind of like a pipe dream, really, as like, I didn't even know if he was still alive. I mean, I didn't talk to him in like eight years. So we're gonna we we're gonna make the movie, and he was a, he's a huge part of it. And so like, what do we do? Obviously, like Brian Cranston would have been. Uh, a dream mm-hmm. choice wasn't gonna happen though and Nicolas Cage had been brought up I would have pushed it over the edge for me if like Nicolas Cage had shown up
3: because I mean Rick was great and like his character I really liked the pathos of the football injury and stuff like that like there was it was a really well-rounded character but if it had been Nicolas Cage that <laughs> my head would have exploded
2: and so I had to try to find him and I had this number for some dude I barely knew who I thought knew him and he had tried to hire me in a male calendar thing called studs and spurs which i didn't end up doing but he gave me a number an old number that didn't work and then he had a number through his daughter that i think so i called him and and randomly it was so strange he called me back and he was living in the town that i wrote where he was supposed to live in the script what and he was working construction like he was in the script and he was driving a white pickup like he was in the script so i just predicted what where he was and what he was doing so literally we went and just shot his life in that town in Arizona like we just drove there and we're like we're gonna shoot you living here and it was just it was totally surreal and he he, he showed up and he was just he was he was fantastic I mean we all <laughs> I told stories about him to the crew and stuff and we're like this, you know and, and they met him and right away they just thought this, this guy is incredible and so we had the time of our lives in, in the desert shooting this film and he uh, he delivered more than I could have possibly could he, and he, he looked at the script and he came up with lines and situations and, and he was so helpful so and cool and it, yeah, it was just it was so much fun. So it's rare that you um, get to have that happen and so I'm looking forward to working with him again.
0: And last time we chatted, you were in the midst of, you hadn't been home in a long time. I think you said you were missing Thanksgiving just because your schedule was so crazy.
2: Yeah, I haven't been home again in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: So after this, do you get a break? Do you get to like go home for a minute?
2: For a little bit, yeah. Like I said, I'm probably going till like April or May. Yeah. And then I will, uh, you know, we'll have shown both films because we did the thing for tour for one and then we done the tour for two. And so we'll have shown both films like worldwide. And um, it's a great feeling because now you can get started on your next film and people have been able to see your current work and hopefully it gets them ready for your next insane film. It's always the thing when people say,
0: when you finish a project, no matter what it is, And they say, what's next? People always forget, well, I got to get this out there now. Like, I have to show this or I have to sell this. I have to talk about this. People want the next thing right away. You're like, give me a minute. I have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to wrap this up because Greg has to go soon and introduce or do the Q&A for tonight multiple times.
1: Yes. I have a quote from Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> thinking yes. because he said Boogie Nights and we were talking about Boogie Nights and I remember how much I liked that line where he's in the back of the limousine or Roller Girl and the video cameras on him and he's introducing Roller Girl and she's going to have sex in the back of the limousine and he says we're going to make film history right here on videotape and he gets all <laughs> boy disappointed how he says that Sorry, we can talk about other things. It's, <laughs> it's, good. No, it's <laughs> a good way to wrap it up with <laughs> the words ahead. of Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. videotape sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's a good
0: point. So thanks for joining us, Greg. Continued luck as this goes along. Looking forward to the next movie. And we'll hope to see you back here in Ottawa uh, sooner or later. to, to
2: another uh, eight great years. Yeah. <laughs> be good. And then we
0: can talk only horror movies for the next one because you've made
3: a horror movie at that point. So it'll be perfect. With Nicolas Cage. We, possibly with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> we, we're not sure on that
0: one. Eric will be dreaming about that all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, would just, I would just stop bringing it up, but still, it's, it's very difficult. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We don't know the schedule because I'm not sure we're going to put this up because we're kind of filming this in between weeks.
1: All we know is Nude on the Moon is
0: coming. Yeah, nude yeah. on the Moon is I coming. I think we're playing Mandy again. I think you yeah. mentioned, I don't know, not clear on but, that. But uh, if you need to check our listings, they're always available at Mayfairtheatre.ca and we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Carrier <laughs> Pigeon, etc. <cetera. laughs> We'll see you soon at the Mayfair to watch some more cool movies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.
2: When I first learned to walk,
0: Dad wasn't around. He was there. When I got my first base hit, Dad couldn't make it. He was there. I graduated from grammar school. Dad wasn't there. Dad was there. But hey, I understand. Everyone makes mistakes. So I'm not getting mad at my dad. I'm getting even. Macaulay Culkin, Ted Danson. Getting even with Dad. It's tough raising parents these days.
1: Coming for Father's Day.